0: It's Wednesday, August 30th, 2023, and this is the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Rapid response on the breaking news stories Texas progressives need to know. I'm Chris Mosier. A joint article between the Texas Tribune and the Army Times based on a whistleblower complaint says that intelligence officers working for Greg Abbott's Operation Lone Star Border Crackdown illegally infiltrated the WhatsApp group chats of migrants violating long-standing rules against state-run spy operations. Writers Davis Winkie and James Berrigan say another team from the Operation Lone Star Intelligence Directorate allegedly sent classified FBI intelligence to their Texas Guard colleagues in an apparent violation of federal secrecy laws. At least four of the intelligence officers involved with all this are facing disciplinary measures and whistleblowers characterize their behavior as reminiscent of 2003 Iraq. Partly due to this illegal overreach, Operation Lone Star leadership disbanded the Intelligence Directorate in the fall of last year. We're now within a week of the historic impeachment trial of Ken Paxton, set to begin next Tuesday, September 5th. Lauren McGowey, Aron Torres, and Robert Garrett at the Dallas Morning News write that state senators were at work yesterday prepping at the Capitol behind closed doors. Two of them, Dallas Senator Royce West and Houston Senator John Whitmire, report that so far only a review of the rules has gotten done, and it appears that that might be it for this week for them. But there are pending motions they may consider, including one from our thrice indicted, currently suspended and soon-to-be impeached Attorney General, to dismiss the case before the trial begins. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has issued an order that all of the witnesses involved, over 100 of them, will appear in person on the first day of the trial next Tuesday. Meanwhile, the Texas Tribune's Zach Despart has produced a detailed outline. Of Austin real estate developer Nate Paul's exploitation of the favors of Ken Paxton's office, actions that are central to the impeachment. It includes subpoenas written by Paul himself to be delivered to his personally selected enemies through Brandon Kamick, an outside lawyer hired as a special prosecutor by the Texas AG's office. The discovery that Kamick had been working for Paul and Paxton without the knowledge of senior office officials was key in convincing those officials to report Paxton's behavior to the FBI back in 2020. All of that besides the extramarital affair and related sneaking around, besides the multiple indictments for financial misconduct, etc., etc. Get ready for a show next week, y'all. Over to Energy, where there's a lot to cover today. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for some cooler weather, if only to get past the constant reminders from ERCOT that our state's power grid is arranged for profit, not for performance. The Austin American statesman writes that after a single day's break on Monday... ERCOT was back at it pleading with Texas energy customers to scale back to help reduce the risk of an emergency overload yesterday for the seventh time since mid August. An unexpected loss of thermal power generation and low wind power generation were the reasons given yesterday, but you know what's not unexpected? constant warnings from an agency overseeing billions of dollars in energy apparatus and transfer that those billions of dollars are not getting the job done for texas who are now being asked to do without a basic commodity of civilized life in order to prevent the whole thing from collapsing without that compliance by the way rolling blackouts would have been likely over the last week so it's interesting that in just a few weeks this november there's an election yes this november 2023 In which Texas voters will decide whether the state government should set up a multi-billion dollar program to encourage the construction of more traditional fossil fuel burning power plants. Phil Prazen at NBC DFW Channel 5 writes that while federal incentives and some market forces are driving investment dollars towards renewable energy facilities, batteries, wind, and solar power, The building of traditional fossil fuel burning facilities has become less attractive to investors, so the state wants to use Texas taxpayer dollars to incentivize developers to buck the clean energy trend in favor of more of the same old thing. The creation of the multi-billion dollar Texas Energy Fund will be on the ballot in just a few weeks this November. While all that's happening, a related story from Emily Foxhall at the Texas Tribune says that what should have been a historic moment for Texas energy yesterday wasn't so much. The federal government, for the first time, opened up two areas in the Gulf of Mexico off the Texas coast to build offshore wind farms, a great opportunity for supply chain businesses for more work, a great opportunity for more renewable energy to be generated. But there was not a single bid on these leases by clean energy companies. Who may not have said so themselves, but all indications are they demurred on the opportunity to get into the clean energy game in Texas because of our antagonistic political climate. Warning signs from this year's regular legislative session in which strict regulation of renewable energy products was proposed, eventually morphing into those new incentives for natural gas-burning plants we just mentioned, plus publicly expressed opposition to offshore wind generation from players like Railroad Commissioner Wayne Christian and Texas Land Commissioner Don Buckingham, both of whom would exert bureaucratic control over these new facilities. Meanwhile, a similar site off the coast of Louisiana was at the center of a bidding war between two companies yesterday. Texas is in danger of being left behind in clean energy due to our backwards politics, which as it stands is fully in control of the petroleum energy lobby. Over to education, where Becky Fogle at KUT Radio in Austin says Democratic members of the Texas State Board of Education held a news conference yesterday on PragerU, the conservative media company we told you about, They claims its educational materials are available to Texas public school teachers. Board member Aisha Davis of Dallas says they're not at present, but, quote, The bold and misleading announcement encapsulates the gravity of the situation, highlighting the efforts by PragerU and radical elected officials to introduce their misleading and false curriculum into our public schools, unquote. State board member Julie Pickren, who you'll recall was featured in PragerU's misleading video announcement, has backtracked a bit to clarify that PragerU materials are in fact among that of thousands of vendors on the Texas comptroller's office's master bidder list, which means they're likely up for consideration. So it's a good thing that we know about all of this. Now's the time to reach out to the state board of education member who represents your neck of the woods and express your opposition to the teaching of partisan garbage to our kids. Mentioned yesterday that officials in Anchorage, Alaska have been impressed with efforts in Houston to help Texans facing homelessness and that permanent housing as part of that strategy remains a political sticking point in Anchorage. Well, the same has been the case in Williamson County where efforts by the city of Austin to convert a hotel in northwest Austin, a small part of the city that extends into Williamson County, into a supportive housing complex have been vigorously opposed by Wilco officials for years. Ben Thompson at Community Impact writes that a district judge has dismissed the county's lawsuit against the city for lack of jurisdiction, meaning the courts have no authority to act. The former Candlewood Suites Hotel, now called Pecan Gardens, is expected to open early next year with 78 one bedroom apartments for chronically homeless clients with substance abuse disorders, mental or physical illness, or developmental or physical disabilities. One of several converted hotels that will serve as permanent supportive housing throughout Austin under the management of the nonprofit Family Elder Care. Finally, allow me to say that a lot of the news we bring you every weekday on this podcast may have led some of you to consider actually leaving Texas, but it turns out, That's probably a pretty rare case. Another Texas Tribune story here by Grace Yarrow on a report by researchers at the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas finds that Texas natives are more likely to stick around their home state than people born in any other place in the country. 82% of people born in Texas still lived here in 2021, yours truly included. This could be due to Texans' innate and abiding cultural love for our home state but also could be the result of high poverty rates that make an interstate move difficult. Pride plus poverty appears to be prevalent in Texas, where we led the U.S. in new jobs created over the last year, but we also currently rank 47th of 50 in our unemployment rate amongst U.S. states at 4.1%. The inherent contradictions of life in Texas are a mystery, but are also central to our daily experience. Here at Progress Texas, we're gonna keep fighting to make it better. And that's the Progress Texas Daily Dispatch. Today's Texas political news for today's Texas Progressive. Links to all these original stories can be found in our show notes. Throughout the sweltering summer, Progress Texas has served up stories on the issues you care about. Breaking abortion and reproductive rights decisions. Renewables keeping our ACs running and the lights on. Democracy defenders fighting back against the assault on elections and voters in Texas. Conversations on Juneteenth, thanks to our black historians and activists, and lots more. We're shaping the narrative in traditional media, blogs, social posts, and podcasts, but we need your help to continue our important work, and we're looking to earn the support of 50 new members to support us monthly during our summer member drive. Learn more about Progress Texas, including how you can help, at progresstexas.org. I'm Chris Mosier. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow.